Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce, alongside of my good pal Dylan. And uh, so yesterday we found out uh, the Chicago Blackhawks named Kyle Davidson as their 10th general manager in history. It's weird that there's only been 10 and this team has been around for 100 years. I was kind of looking, actually looking through the list and there's a bunch of interim general managers. But yeah, Kyle Davidson is the uh, 10th general manager in Blackhawks history. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I think we all kind of saw this coming. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like when they initially started the GM search, uh, I kind of felt like it was a slap in the face to Davidson initially kind of like, okay, well we don't believe in you that much. So we're going to go look at our options and everything, but clearly he was the man for the job. He won, he won everyone, won out the battle between everyone else. If you should call it a battle, but competition to get the GM spot, he earned it. Uh, interim tag gets removed, which I thought was hilarious that they made all those videos about that. That's funny. But um, I loved in his press conference that he he was really pushing about that rebuild, and he was saying how it's going to take time and it's not going to happen overnight. And it's a lot of stuff that Stan Bowman didn't say when no. he was in his tenure as GM. So it's nice to hear that and nice that even though we've had a guy who's been in the system with this team for the last 10 years, he's seen the good and bad, and he can kind of – gauge which parts of it he would like to take with him on his like journey as to how he's going to GM. And I'm just like, we talked about, so what he's got, what he's, he has three weeks now for the deadline. So yeah, he's got to get to work. Days. He's got to get to work. That's the, the next three weeks will definitely be telling. Let's just put it that way of how this, uh, how Kyle Davidson's going to go about this Blackhawks rebuild. So, yep. He's now the youngest GM in the NHL now which is crazy. He's been with the organization for 11 years now, and he's he's the youngest uh, GM in, in the NHL, NHL right now. And again, the biggest thing that stuck out was that uh, rebuild. The, I think, I forget who asked the question, but it was, do you see this more as a retool or rebuild? And I love that he went like, right for rebuild. We need to rebuild instead of saying, oh, we, uh, we're only a couple pieces away from being a good team again. No, Kyle Davidson, we've been hearing this. He knows exactly where this team is. There's no like... Uh, 
uh, rainbow colored glasses, kind of like the 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 old uh, regime had, where it's like, okay, maybe we can uh, make the playoffs. No, there's there's none of that. He Kyle Davidson knows exactly where this team is at, and he's got some decisions decisions to make. We've seen uh, Mark Andre Fleury said he wants to stay pat in uh, uh, Chicago here, but at the same time, I've also been seeing things if he if there's a chance to win that he would go to uh, to a different. Uh, he would accept the trade to a different to a contender and uh Patrick Kane Jonathan Taves their contract they're eligible for extensions I think on July 13th as soon as free agency hits so you got to figure out what you want to do there and if Fleury wants to stay um get a new extension don't lose them for nothing um Patrick Kane Jonathan Taves if they don't want to be moved like sign them to an extensions and I'm very curious. Obviously, we're we're going to hear more on this in the summer with Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, because obviously that's when their extensions are. But it's going to be. I was listening to the Lazen Powers podcast yesterday, and I said it's going to be an interesting dynamic because Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane have been paid the same amount during their whole full career, where that's their ELCs, those bridge contracts, and then the ten point five million dollar contracts. And it's going to be the first time that we see. Um, them making potentially different amounts of money and we probably don't think much of it but what are they thinking oh that my buddy that i've been with forever you know he's making less money for me less money than me if you're patrick can think about jonathan t so it's just there's there's so much to this there's so much to this rebuild again there it's gonna take a few years i like that they're taking their time it just feels like when when Stan Bowman was general manager like it was just it was just whiplash and they never stuck to a plan and even though it might take a while, I think most Blackhawks fans are smart enough to recognize that this team needs a full-fledged rebuild, and I'm glad that that was the major points he hit on. So um, a lot of people are questioning, oh, Kyle Davidson, he's worked with Stan Bowman, must be Stan Bowman, and if anything, that works for him because he's seen what like the mistakes that Stan Bowman has made and everything we've heard. He's nothing like Stan Bowman. He likes to he seems like a cool guy, and obviously you can't judge too much. Like just off that press conference, he seems like a guy. Like whereas, like I remember when Stan Bowman would do interviews, it just seems like it was so monotone, so boring. At least With Kyle Mark Davidson Zuckerberg seems like, yeah, <laughs> he. Just, it seems like at least Kyle Davidson has a, a cool personality, so he seems like the kind of guy that I could get behind and root and hopefully rate the shift. Because again, it's whether it's on or on and off the ice, you gotta be part of the change going forward here. And I think Kyle Davidson is a. Uh, I agree 100%. And I wanted to touch on the Taves and Kane contracts uh, that you were saying a while ago real quick because I <clears throat> I personally think Jonathan Taves is a pretty self-aware guy. I think he knows what his situation's been on and off the ice the last three seasons. And that's nothing against him's, like, game or anything. It's just, like, health concerns and stuff. Like, health concerns alone, you're not getting what Patrick Kane gets on his next no. contract. Simple as that. Point production, you're not getting it. Like, obviously, he's – like, uh, what's the best way I can look this? Uh, Thornton and Marlowe, when they were getting their extensions down the line, this is kind of how this is going to go. Like, Taves is going to have to kind of look at how George, Joe Thornton took that the last couple of years. Look at how Getzloff's done it the last couple of years. Getzloff's like, all right, I'll take a pay cut. I know what I'm worth. I want to be here for this rebuild and stuff. Obviously, you can throw fingers, point fingers at, like, Kopitar and stuff, but Kopitar's situation is entirely different. I think he signed that contract when he was 30. Um, that – around there that's completely different but like i think taves will have that understanding that he's not going to make as much as can on those next deals and it just comes down to if he wants to stay and that's like the biggest concern and i know in the interview today uh kane got interviewed today and he was saying how he'd be willing to stick through a rebuild which is 
I, I, I've kind of believed that the whole time. And I kind of, I kind of looked at them as like, they're at the point where they've won their cops. This is a legacy thing at this point. Yeah. They, how many players of his stature stay with one NHL team for their whole career? Yeah. I, I, the only way I could see it being different for Kane is if Buffalo was a contender right now, I think it would be a different story. Cause if he could win a cup with his hometown, I think he would, but Buffalo's not, but we're in a better shape than Buffalo. No, right? yeah. <laughs> Which is scary to think about. Like, obviously, at the prospects and the young talent, but in terms of just having that star power, like, the Hawks are clear cut above the Sabres. So, I, I'm i I'm okay with Kane sticking around. I feel like having guys like Kane and Saves in the room when the young core comes up, like these new prospects and stuff, you kind of need that. Because I know everyone wants this idea of we need to trade everyone and get the highest. Uh, Asset, get the highest trade value you can for these guys. Highest when, draft picks, yeah, yeah, hundred like, percent. Just strip it down to the bone. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to do that here. Yeah, one, I don't think you can maybe do that. Two, I don't think you're going to get the package you want for guys like Kane. Like I know everyone thinks you're going to get the son of the moon for Patrick Kane. I don't think you're going to get what you think you're going to get unless there's an extension involved. There's not a chance you're getting some gut team's blue chip prospect for him at this point in his career. There's no way. I mean, obviously he's still productive, but. I just don't like the idea of, oh, we can get all these magic beans and it's going to work out. No, you still need guys who can score on the team when the young guys come up. It helps ease them into the role more. Look at what L.A. and Anaheim have been doing with. Because I think L.A. is a perfect example of the route the Blackhawks should take. Yeah, LA that's exactly kept, what they need to do. L.A. kept their core guys, the guys they won the Cups with, the guys who are the leadership, and they were willing to stick around through the rebuild. And now the young talent's coming in. Now the free agents are coming in. And they're still playing at that – or a couple of them are still playing at that high elite level. Obviously, Dowdy has had like a renaissance season. But like that's how the Hawks should look at this, in my opinion. If, and I think you agree. Just, you know, get your picks and stuff. But you got to keep those core four guys, which would, in my case would be Taves, Kane, Jones, and Debrinket. You can't trade those four and expect them to improve in a couple of years. If they start losing 60 games a season, these players aren't going to – they're just going to be miserable here and none of them are going to want to stay and they're not going to hit their development hit curves that you would like, you know how easy it's going to be for a for, like a forward of like Bedard's town. If we get him to just like play with Kane on the power play, you know how much that's going to help his game and his confidence. It's, I don't know. I just feel like you need a guy like him. in the rebuild. I'm, I'm just rambling now, but obviously if you're called Davidson, you got to do your due diligence. If there's a trade package, that's good enough for Patrick Kane. But at the same time, if you don't get that, trade offer in the offseason you've got to make sure that you get Kane and Taze to an extensions because you don't want this to be a thing oh they're going to sign or they're going to not like going up to the trade deadline and potentially lose them for nothing so I feel like once you kind of get towards the draft where like maybe you do your due diligence see if maybe a team wants Patrick Kane but once like you kind of get into like August or whatever in September near training cap that's where you're going to start having extensions if no one really wants them or you didn't get the uh the uh package that you wanted for him so I do agree with that again you you do want to get acquire future assets but at the same time you don't want to strip it so bare to the bone where these young players are just getting killed out, out there they're getting their confidence killed um Herbie Dak like you can tell his confidence is a bit shaken right now uh, and that's on a team that isn't like at the bottom of the barrel and I'm yeah. just thinking what if this team was at the bottom of the barrel how much more harmful that would be so I definitely agree with you on that. You obviously got to do your due diligence, but if they if you don't get what you want from them, just just keep them. You don't let them walk. Hundred percent. Like look at like I'm just thinking of like the last couple teams that have stripped it down bare bones, 
and they haven't recovered. Like Buffalo. even the Oilers, they still haven't recovered from when they stripped it bare bones. The only reason they, they're doing well is because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. They, they, the they lucked the into world. those players. It's the only reason yeah. they're relevant. It's just like the Oilers haven't recovered as a roster. I am I can already say that Arizona's not going to be a competitive roster for at least three years now with what they've yeah. done with that implosion of a franchise. Buffalo has been in flux since McEichel. So mm-hmm. what's that year seven now? Uh, looks good on you. You're going to suck for another couple more years. Like, I just don't want the Hawks to go into that. Like if they're going to go into a 10 year run of sucking, this is the area of sucking where I feel like it helps. Cause like, you're still winning games. You're still giving these young players that confidence. You're still having those moments where like you see growth, but you know, they're not going to win every night. They're a bad team. They're going to lo- lose more than they win. I don't know. It, there, there's like two different ways to look at like losing. And I just don't think going full tank in the NHL works anymore. There's it's, it's, it won't help your team in the long run. And how, like, look at the last couple drafts. Like no one knows who the best player is in these drafts the last three years, just because of scouting and the pandemic. And like, we just talked to Scott Wheeler about this a couple shows ago. So like, if you get pick seven or pick eight, I mean, look at the last like four drafts or so. Like 2017, you could argue three, four, five are better than one and two. Simple. You could argue like 10 is better in that one too. And then you could argue in 2018 that, I mean, I would make an argument that uh, Andre Sveshnikov is probably the best clearly, but like there's names. You know what I mean though? Like, it's just like, you can suck, get those like five to 10 picks. Like Detroit did it for you five don't need to, Yeah, you don't need to draft first overall to get these star players. Like the perfect example is Detroit and New York. You Capo, or Rangers got Capo Capo second overall. Rangers you got Lafreniere first overall, and they're not doing great yet. I still think they're going to be good players, but then you look at Detroit, I think they got Cider at six, and then you get Raymond at number four. So you don't necessarily need the first overall pick to draft these good players. And that's what sucks this year because they don't, the Blackhawks don't have their first round pick. Even if they don't get for, if they had their pick and they didn't get first overall, you still be picking in the top 10 and when you would get a pretty good player to help, to help you going forward. Yeah. That's why it, it's a bummer. Cause I don't think there's, unless there's some weird package where Calvin DeHaan gets that first, like David Pagnotto was hinting to, yeah. I don't see them having a first round pick this year. No. And, that is unfortunate, but I, I don't know. I really don't want the Hawks to get in like pick five. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, okay, we see the guy we want at pick five, so we're gonna throw away the Bedard pick. Like I don't trust this team next year. You need to hang on to that pick more than anything right now, unless you get number effing one. Like I mean, even number two. Like unless you, unless Logan Cooley or someone rocks your socks off. I don't know. Actually, yeah. If they if they win the lottery, you take the pick. But like, no, you don't complain at all. Like, yeah, you don't you say. You know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want mm-hmm. them to just like. Ah, God. Yeah, They're you don't want them to suck to the rest of the year where they like finish at number five, and it's like, oh, we could have had this guy. At least if you finish at like eight or nine, it's like okay, maybe. Yeah, like if they finish where they are now and they mm-hmm. win the lottery, cool. If they don't, then fuck. All right, we'll build from there. Like, it's I don't know. Well, if they really want a first round pick, I feel if you get like maybe another second round pick or a third round pick, because they already have three third round picks, you have a second round pick. If they get another second round pick for Calvin DeHaan, they could probably move up into the first, like least first oh, round yeah. if they really wanted to. 100%. And like we know how the draft works. There's going to be guys day two in the early second round that like we won't expect to fall there. So if they can get a couple early seconds, like that would be perfect. They do them. have their second round picks, so they're going to be picking in the late thirties, early forties. So they could get a guy there that you maybe didn't expect to fall at yeah. that spot. 
Maybe not Alex DeBrink at late, but, <laughs> but yeah. you could get a, a decent guy with decent upside because that's that's really what they need at this point. You just need to get it as many like high potential players as you can and just hope one of them hits. They need to get they need to get people who can score. It's simple as that. They need wingers so bad in the system. It's like I we, I was just talking to my dad about this. If there's a trade out there where you can get a second or you can get a actual good forward prospect, you take the forward prospect, in my opinion. Oh, you always take the sure thing. Yeah, we're so thin in the prospect pool on the wing. Like, center, I would say we're okay right now. For the meantime, I, I'm not going to say we're great at center. No, but, you know, forwards you just not, in general, they're not great. They're, they're not great. You need as many forwards as possible, and you need – like, the two biggest goals for this team right now is you need another – Top end forward, like prospect in the system, and then you need a guy who's going to be able to play with Seth Jones for that entire contract. Mm-hmm. Because that I feel like those need to be the two biggest needs to start this rebuild, in my opinion. You need a, you need a really good left-handed defenseman. Maybe it's a right-handed defenseman, and then you have three good right-handed defensemen down the line. I don't know. But you need another really good defenseman that's young that you can stick with this group for a while. And then you need to get – in my opinion, you need a power forward, but you need someone who can score goals. That's just the way it is. They need another goal scorer on this team that can give you 25 to 30 a season. Those should be their two biggest needs right now in terms of looking for like prospects. You know what I mean? Like who could maybe uh, develop into that role for them? Like maybe it's not, maybe it's not a roster player today, but it's a guy who has the upside that he could be a two, three, he could be a second line winger. You know what I mean? So you brought up a goal scoring forward, like power forward. If they get number two, Yuri Koski could be an interesting guy. Yeah, I that would be interesting. Like, man, Koski and Doc. Yeah, he would fit the bill so well. Like, that's the thing. Like, if they get number two in the lottery, there's going to be so many questions. Because yeah, because if feel they like, get number one, it's it's obviously a shame, right? But number two, yeah. you could go Logan Cooley. There's Matthew Savoy. Like I remember, we talked about Scott Wheeler. About the, there's a bunch of guys that could go number two. Slavkovsky fits the bill, though. Like, oh man, he fits the bill for what the Hawks need. Because like, if they can get some size on the wings, along to go to go along with the some of the size they have at center, it's like especially in the division they play in, it's going to go such a long way. Because like, I feel like um, you listen to the Dangle podcast, so you know how Steve always talks about the rock paper scissors teams, right? Yeah. We're like the worst paper there is in the league. Okay. Like when paper's good, it's good. But like we can't beat rock half the time as paper, which is embarrassing. And then you get absolutely crushed by scissors, which is basically any team that can, you know, make you fold in, into their. Like that Blues game on Sunday is about the, that's about as good as it gets for how the Hawks need, like where they are right now. Like until they can beat a team like that, they're done. That's their me- measuring stick. How, how uh, we've been saying this past few weeks that the they can beat these teams like Detroit, New Jersey, but once you face St. Louis, they, it's it's difficult. They're they you we know exactly where they're at. Like they're they're not yeah. they can't beat these good teams. Like it's not even going to surprise me if they beat Edmonton tomorrow night. They play no. well against they stack well against Edmonton always because Edmonton doesn't have the bottom six like the Hawks don't have the bottom six, so it works. But they can't play teams that are three or four lines deep. It's just mm-hmm. they, they really can't. When Detroit or when St. Louis, like play up, defense. Yeah, and defense, can shut you down. Hundred percent. Like the hard tight checking games. Like they, I don't know the next time they play Calgary on the schedule. I think they're already done. Oh my god, Calgary. I am not looking forward to that. Calgary's been yeah. so good. They beat Minnesota. The, dude, they thumped Minnesota twice in a home and home. Like Minnesota's on a bit of a skid right now. No one's talking about Calgary. It. Maybe, Maybe Anson Carter was right about the depth, eh? <laughs> Calgary could low be a, like a dark horse cup contender. 
Oh yeah. Just with the way they're playing and the team that they have. I did not think Johnny Gaudreau was going to flourish as much under Daryl Sutter like he has. He's about to have, like I'm sure he, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he leads the league in five on five points. That could be right. Yeah. He's right up there, dude. That Kachuk Lindholm Gaudreau line has been insane this year, yeah. and like, and I think we've. T- I don't know if we talked about Tyler Toffoli's been great. Like they're getting depth goal scoring. They their their whole team team plays. Hachiapani's about to get thirty goals, bro. Yeah. Like, come on. Nikita <laughs> Zadorov actually plays defense and has contributed. With Eric Dubrovsky as his partner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, Daryl Sutter is redefining how we look at, like, you know, we're like, oh, this league's going to be fast-paced and stuff. He's like, no, nah, we're still going to play my way. We're still going to score like that, but we're going to play my way while we do it. And Sutter's way is working right now. Yeah. Like, obviously, Vegas isn't healthy, but, dude, they are they are forced. It, 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 Jake Markstrom's going to win the – Jake Markstrom versus Igor Shesterkin for the Vezina needs to get talked about a lot more than it has because Jake Markstrom needs some respect. Oh, I think Shesterkin wins, but, like, Markstrom should be the, be in there because New, get, New York is not a good team. The Rangers he's going to get 10 shutouts this year, bro. That's insane. He's got eight right now, and I think he was on a 10-game win streak at one point, like, for starts. Um, extremely impressive what Markstrom's doing, but you're right. Yeah, Shesterkin's carrying it. You should be in the heart conversation, let alone the Vesna. Oh my gosh! The, I did not realize how much the Rangers can't score a five on five goal. It's bad. They're like, not. They're an average team. They're almost like the Blackhawks in a way. They, like they just they just have out of the world goaltending. Yeah, and then they get this high octane offense on the power play. It's like if the Hawks power play could click like it did the first like ten games of the season. <laughs> it's the only thing that was good about the first ten games of the season was the power play. But it doesn't matter when you're losing five one. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was that was their game against St. Louis where they they got killed at five on five and then their only goal was was on a five on three power play. <laughs> like God, you guys need to learn how to play at even strength. And like at this point, like if Dylan Strong doesn't pick it up like he was the last six seven game or like he was six seven games ago, you might want to start looking again because you need guys who are going to be able to play five on five. And I just don't think Dylan Strong can do that right now. He he's shown he can. They've thrown him in the top line center role for two months. He was succeeding for a little while. I will say that, but I'm not going to be that guy, but a lot of it was in garbage time. He is putting up Kirk Cousins numbers. I don't like that. If anyone knows me personally, you know how I feel about Kirk Cousins and how you can pad stats ridiculously well when you're losing games. And Dylan Strome, I'm, I, I like his game when he's on, but he gets a lot of those goals when we're losing five nothing, five one or five two, like five three games. Like he get that's when he gets his points. It's not in winning affairs, minus the hat trick game or whatever against the Red Wings where they scored eight goals. Is that their new thing in twenty twenty two? They're just gonna have like an eight goal outburst once a month. Nice they did it in, they, yeah, it'd be nice if they spread it out a little bit. Literally, I saw that Devils game. I'm like, they're so getting fucking shut out on Sunday. And guess what? They got shut out on Sunday. <laughs> it's like you're right. You were just a day of, a day ahead. Yeah, like <laughs> like clockwork. Um, yeah, yeah. The Hawks are just hilarious right now. Hilariously mundane. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's gonna be like it's gonna be like this for the rest of the season. It's gonna be like this for the next few seasons. But you know what? If they Stick with the fucking direction. I am more than fine Good. with that. Hey, and they got Taves and Johnson and Stillman and DeHaan coming back tomorrow. So they might actually be bearable to watch. Yeah, their bottom six maybe won't yeah. be entirely Rockford Ice Hogs. <laughs> Who knows? Um, kind of going back to Kyle Davidson. Uh, it sounds like Brian Campbell. Like he brought up Brian Campbell during the 
his uh, press conference a lot, and it's like, I don't, but he still doesn't have the assistant general manager. Uh, when I was reading Elliot Freeman's, Freeman's 32 Thoughts, he said that uh, uh, Brian Campbell could be the assistant general manager, but also Norm McIver, who worked with Kyle Davidson in Chicago a lot. I think he's over in Seattle now. He could potentially come back and be an assistant general manager, maybe even Megan Hunter, who is uh, an amateur scout right now. And I wonder... Like onto the scouting thing, I wonder if Mark Kelly stays here any longer. Like, does uh, does Kyle Davidson think that he has a future here, or does he promote maybe someone like Megan Hunter? I don't know, but he says he has different philosophies. We've seen these past couple drafts where they maybe don't swing for the highest upside. So I'm wondering if maybe they bring a different guy in there. It's going to be interesting because obviously they're they're not going to hire all, Kyle Davidson's not going to hire his whole group in one night. Like it's going to be spread over a few months, probably before the draft and free agency, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's the, the biggest thing going forward is going to be the, the, the trade deadline. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, they, he might, they might not be able to trade him. They might not be able to get that, uh, maybe that high return that they m- might've hoped that they would. But at the same time, if you can't trade him, then like just, sign him extend him he wants to be here he went out of his way to play in Chicago when he clearly didn't have to so again should should or get off the pot Uh, if you can't trade him then sign him don't let him walk for nothing even though you technically (laughs) you got him for nothing um Calvin Hahn he's good as gone like I I you know what I hope he goes and plays on the team that was like that has a chance at the Stanley Cup I I really hope he doesn't go to the Leafs like I genuinely, <laughs> I like I. I have been a guy who harps on Calvin DeHaan a lot, and I really hope he doesn't go to the Leafs because, like, what I what Hawks fans have done, like, oh, buddy, you've been blocking Hawks fans. You're gonna have to block the whole city of Toronto. Oh, like, I didn't even think of that. For first man, giveaway well. you have in Toronto, you're gonna have dudes in your mentions. I really hope. I really hope. Like, I know De, uh, DeHaan lives in Ontario or something like that normally, but like, I would not want him. Play there because they would they'd be like this dude is just like Jake Gardner without the offense and I'm gonna be like I don't know shoot but like yeah I like you said I hope he goes to a contender and he could be a five six like the Hawks can retain half they have the space yeah so. they have more than have the space for and if they want to get a first round pick that's how you be creative you retain half that salary maybe you take some salary back you got a few thirds oh, maybe package in another player like. <laughs> If they really, really want a first-round pick, they can find a way. Uh, if they really want a first-round pick, you trade Brandon Hagel, but uh, we're not going to get into that conversation. <laughs> like, we, we, we can really have a whole podcast uh, dedicated just to that. I I love Brandon Hagel. Like, I, I legitimately do think he's a top-six forward, but if you get just a fucking uh, massive package return for him... Then you it rocks your socks off, you take it. That's yeah. just the way it is. You got to do your due diligence if you're Kyle like, Davidson. Someone gives you a first and a and a, like their top prospect, you can't say no to that. I'm sorry. You just can't. And as good as Brandon Hagel is and as good of a deal he's on, I don't know if you heard the Chris Johnson show, but he immediately compared – he's saying GMs around the league are comparing it to the Blake Coleman deal. Remember exactly. What, and that's what people need to remember how much Blake Coleman got. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it was on a team that got you the 31st overall pick, but you can, you can work that trade to where you get prospects and a first. And then, like, because if the first is late, you can – Dude, 1.5 mil for a player that's on a 50-point pace for two year, two more years can get you so much, and people need to realize that. And people who don't know who Brandon Hagel is, you might want to start watching the games a little more. 
That's all I'm going to say. And don't worry, the games might suck, but you'll notice him every night. He is every, exactly every single game, 110. percent He never takes a night off. Yeah, like my favorite thing is listening to media be like, "Who's this Brandon Hagel guy?" And what these Hawks, the Hawks are stupid for wanting it first. And it's like you guys don't watch the games. Like I get it, it's fine, but it's like that's the guy people want on their third line when they're winning Stanley Cups. That's all I'm going to say. Like that's that's the Brandon Sod piece that a lot of teams like the, like crave. Except he's are you like I haven't, I haven't looked at Hagel's uh, metrics, but I don't know how he is defensively. But he can play penalty kill and stuff, so he's very he's he's like a uh, what's the what's the term like a Swiss Army knife. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the term I can describe best for Hagel. So yep. After that, you, you can put him in you can put him in any situation and he'll flourish. Like you can put him on your fourth line, you can put him on your first line, you can put him power play, you can put penalty kill. Like you could literally put him anywhere, anywhere, 100%. and he'll do well. Yeah, he'll go net front, he'll go on the circles, he'll go on the wall, he'll go fight for pucks, he'll do everything. And that's kind of the reason I feel like the Hawks shouldn't get rid of him because they really have no one that does that yeah. on the team. So, mm-hmm. like, the fact that Cat has to go dig for his own pucks is effing ridiculous. So, um, yeah. Like, when, when I say the Hawks need more players who can play both ways, they need more Brandon Hagels and less Dylan Strums. I don't like if you know what that means, you know what that means. If you don't, then well, you you don't see the problem. <laughs> oh, but he puts up all these empty calorie points. It's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I love Dylan Strom, but yeah, he's 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 clearly a flawed player. Like he's not a perfect player. And that's and... fine. It's just that doesn't work on this team where you need guys who aren't flawed. <laughs> yeah, you so. need more complete players. Uh like, DeBrincat's more of a complete player. Obviously, Kane is not a complete player, but he's just so elite offensively that you kind of just forgive, forgive yourself for that. Um, Kirby Dock, I feel, can be that player. Like, the thing about Kirby Dock is when we have young players coming to the NHL, you usually harp on them for not playing defense. Kirby Dock, it's the other way around. Like, he's great defensively. I could really see Kirby Dock be, like, a low-key, like, dark horse, silky candidate going forward, but it's just he just hasn't put the finishing together. But... At the same time, he's you look at his shot attempts. I think he had like five or six shots against St. Louis, which is <laughs> pretty high for him. Like the fact he's shooting the puck now, and like not passing on two on ones, like that goal against New Jersey, I think was huge for him. So I'm I'm hoping we see a bit more out of him towards the end of the season because that's that's the biggest thing. I don't think he's gonna be again. We've said this many times. I don't think he's gonna be an 80, 90 point guy. But if he can be a 50, 60 first line center, hell even winger, if he can't get his face offs together, then. That is what it is. Like he's got a good defensive foundation. You just got to make sure that you can get him going offensively. Listen, I it, it's not possible this year, but like if he could be like fifteen goals, thirty assists kind of guy, I'm cool. Like that's fine. Like that's that's about the production that we need on this team anyway. So I like it's I don't know if you could be a fifty point guy and have a good defensive game, and if he can work on his face offs, I just I think that's a win at the end of the day. And, like, honestly, the way they've been deploying him lately has anything helped him? Because I know when they – like, I don't like Lafferty as a player playing with him, but he was taking no. Doc's face-offs, yeah. which allowed him to get the puck and then take it – because once – like, we talk about all the time. Once Doc's got the puck on his stick, he can make magic happen. It's just, like, you know – sometimes I feel like Doc needs to realize how big he is. You know what I mean? No. It, like, that's you're 6'5". Like, like yeah, you can just a- run people over if you want to. That's like, the thing with big players. They don't realize just how much, like, power and strength and how big they really are. 
until mm-hmm. you're they're they're a bit older. Like they really need to grow into their frame, and I, we're definitely seeing that with Kirby Doc. What's the uh, what's the thing they say in the what's the thing they say in the blind set? It looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't. That's not Doc, obviously, because Doc's no. definitely got a. I mean, Doc got in a fight with Subban after the empty net. Mm-hmm. He was the one who started that. He like clearly he's got an edge to his game. I just like to see him use that edge more because when he's using that passion and you could you could tell when Doc's motivated, he's a good player. Because like when he gets when he's got his confidence going, it's got like that. He's controlling the puck and he's dri- he's driving the net. He's making nice plays. Like he's going between the legs. Even you know it, yeah. you see it. Like I I just want to see that. Like I feel like I talk about it every show. I just want to see it, that confidence come back. And I feel like it's that's the problem with like these last couple of shows. The Hawks have played like two games a week for the last three weeks for some reason. So the games are just so spread out. Like I, when was the last time they played Sunday? And then they don't play till Thursday. Yeah. So. Also, just want to point out, I know you don't see what's uh, going on on American audiences, but they are putting nas- on national TV that Flyers-Blackhawks game. Are they actually? <laughs> I, I don't know how that didn't get flexed out yet, but it's oh still going. Because, like, I remember they flexed out the Hawks-Blues game on Black Friday because they sucked. <laughs> I mean, I would have because both these teams stink. And I think that's actually a good segue into our next topic. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Flyers. That's <laughs> Yeah, the, if you think the Blackhawks are bad, yeah, the Flyers. Yeah, they're not their, Flyers. Yeah, they have their first round pick, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> they're trying to. They're apparently trying to trade Ristol Lightning, which is a horrible trade. That they don't get enough shit for how bad it's that. It's worse trade than was. Jones. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. Least, dude, and we don't Jones, even have a first, and it's still worse. Yeah, <laughs> Jones is a legitimate number one defenseman. Like R- Rasmus Ristolainen is barely an NHL defenseman. They're trying to give him six point three million for six years. I, like I read <laughs> that. I read the. Um, I read that article about Ristolainen from like NH where they were just like, oh yeah, like the Flyers actually want to keep him, and then NHL like rumor daily who like actually gets all the flyer stuff right usually he's like yeah and i've heard this too and they're looking at 6.3 million like you said and i was just like could someone take away chuck fletcher from the flyers like just put him in chuck fletcher not working hockey just bro in give him give him a month vacation to hawaii before the deadline let y'all handle the Giroux train stuff because this is gonna be ridiculous oh my gosh bro if they ex- did you read the reason why they don't want to trade Crystal Lightning either? Oh God, let's hear it. They're afraid they're not going to have enough NHL quality. To oh yeah, I did see. He's he's replaceable. He's for- below replacement yeah. level. Like, I come for- on, guys. I forgot. I forgot who said it, but it's like, but if you keep Crystal Lightning, you still have more like oh. defense from that guy. <laughs> Nick Sealer's got better analytics than that dude this year. That's a problem. Nick Sealer, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah. That's a- Problem, and you want to give this dude six point three million dollars because he scored that goal in the because he scored that one crazy goal and did that dance down one time in Buffalo like four years ago. Like, I don't get the NHL, man. I don't. And like, but, I, I feel bad for these guys who signed long term deals in Philly too, thinking that like after the the you know COVID Cup or whatever, they were going to be good. You know, guys like Provorov, guys like Hayes, guys like uh, Couturier and stuff. God, it has just been. That's a nightmare season in Philly right now, and that does not get talked about nearly enough. <laughs> it is it, like guys who are healthy are not performing. Guys who were performing are hurt. Like I think we talk about it all the time. Like if you lose Ellison Couturier, you're not going to be a good hockey club. 
Like, does that's probably your best defenseman and your best. You're gonna have a bad oh, time. You're gonna have a they, they pizzaed when they should have French fried. <laughs> 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 Trading for Rasmus Ristolainen, pizzaing when you should have French fried, oh, and like Voracek's looking really good in Columbus. Like, obviously Atkinson's been fine, but like Atkinson hasn't stirred like moved the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they thought they would. If you want, if if Cam Atkinson's the guy that like needs to push your moves team. the needle. That's yeah, like the, I think there's that's the problem right there. And and the one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is like minus Joel Farabee, their prospects are not developing at the rate that I think people would like them to. Like I think some of these guys are like 22 now, like and they just haven't been cons- like Morgan Frost and. All these guys, they haven't been consistent NHLers yet, and that's a big problem, I feel like, because they drafted a lot of these guys really high, and it, it's almost like the Boston thing where they just couldn't these, – these high draft picks aren't panning out right now, and you're seeing how Phillies had to counter that by getting all these free agents on long-term deals, and it's just – Chuck Fletcher's doing his magic where he's just going to put a bunch of long-term contracts on a team and get fired, and someone's going to have to go oh fix the problem. And we can see how that's working in Minnesota. They have to, they're winning and have to trade Kevin Fiala because they can't afford him. So, <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, because of Chuck Fletcher, Minnesota will have, what is it, $12 million and $13 million in decades. <laughs> buy those contracts out. Like, uh, like Steve Dangle always says, they paid them, they paid two Connor McDavid's. Yeah, for Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, and that is nothing against those two players, but that is just but not secure okay. the bag, man. That's like oh, also that's like Bobby Bonilla levels of contracts. <laughs> like, come on, getting like getting that much money for that long, then getting bought out, so you're gonna get that money over a longer period of time. Then you can go get, make more money, like Ryan Suter. Like, uh, can't be mad for the player, but holy crap, Chuck Fletcher, you just leave a bad stain on franchise. No, that's on that's on all the upper upper ups in the NHL, <laughs> like yeah. the, because they they signed those contracts right before the 2012 lockout when those contracts yourself. became illegal. So yeah, <laughs> but we don't have enough money for the NHL. Whoa, it's, yeah. boom, boom. It's, Your second round exits look good on you, honestly. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't even get a deep playoff round. What was it? First round Chicago, second round of Chicago, second round of Chicago, first round of Dallas missed – or no, uh, first round exit to St. Louis, uh, first round exit to Winnipeg, missed the playoffs, uh, qualifying exit to uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, I think, and then a first round exit to Vegas. Uh, yeah, they might go further this year, but how long are they going to sustain that for? Because I, I don't know about that, man. St. Louis is looking really good right now. <laughs> or no, Minnesota, I meant. I'm in Minnesota, not St. Louis. St. Louis. No, I know, but I, I'm saying, like, if they go a long way, I don't even see them getting past St. Louis around one this oh, year. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay, St. Louis gotcha. is looking really good right now. Like, yeah, yeah. since, I think, December 1st, they've been one of the best teams in hockey. And uh, I feel like that was going to be expected. They have, like, 11 capable NHL forwards that can score 15 goals. Like, <laughs> they got they got a really good team. But um, They got a hot goalie. Sounds familiar. Not named yeah, really who's killing yeah. it. And Bennington's not being terrible as of late so that helps um <laughs> play the chicago blackhawks that helps by the way i can't wait till carter hart's good one year for philly and just like blankets all their problems for another three years that's gonna be Igor Shosturkin and, and yeah guys. he's gonna pull that shit one year for philly and philly's gonna be like we're, we're good again let's go sign nazim kadri to nine million dollars chuck What's fletcher contract extension he's a genius Dude, they're so giving Kadri a bunch of money in the offseason. Or Forsberg. Or whoever's the biggest free agent on the market, Philly's throwing like nine mil at him. 
You know this. I don't even know if they have cap space, but they're going to try. <laughs> they're going to freaking try. They'll, they'll find a way. They'll, they'll buy out Kevin Hayes somehow, some way. Yeah. For the Hawks, we should just go steal Bobby Brink and Cam York for them real quick. <laughs> Let's go get all their good prospects before they get ruined in that system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free agents. You know what would be a good free agent sign for the Blackhawks? Joe Pavelski. Dude. He's that I, I I think he stays in Dallas because he's point per game right now. But if he gets to the 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 the, the, the like to the market, you're he's probably going to be one one a couple of years because he's older. Sign him to like seven million for two years. Hell, hell, go eight. You got the cap space. Give him the Put same him. deal you gave. He got in Dallas basically. Yeah, exactly. Right? And stick him to Dak. Let Pavelski play center and let Dak play win. Oh man, I, I you know me. I was a. Or before the show, sir, I was harping for the Hawks skip Pavelski back in 2019. I was, and there's clearly there was interest there because there was legitimate interest. That he's he from Madison, Wisconsin. It's literally right up the road. Like he's he's it's a Midwestern boy. He went to college up here. Like there's definitely ties to Chicago. That and he and Suter, there's always been ties there, and that's why like it really sucks the Hawks haven't been good when he's been a free agent. Because I feel like if the Hawks were good, he would come here. But um. I don't know, man. If you could talk him into coming here for two more years, that would be so good. And, like, obviously the veterans would love it. Kane's played with Pavelski on the international stage a bunch of times. I can't imagine Taves not being against it or Taves being against it at all. Taves Pavelski on the penalty kill. Oh, like winning a draw. Bro, on the power play. Pavelski yeah. on that power play is exactly what the Hawks need. Someone who's going to stand in front and of him. And he's going to go and he's going to tip pucks. Exactly. Joe and then win the faceoff, too. You don't, like, mm-hmm. shit, you could – Getting a guy like Pavelski would help lessen Lesser Taves' role so much. And like, oh man. And let Doc like, play wing. Like that would just do so many things for the Blackhawks. Oh my God. And it's not like he's bad. He's having one of his best seasons. Oh, he's over point per game right now. <laughs> he's, he's having his best season since like 2016. It's absolutely insane. And I remember when he had that like 35 point season that first season in Dallas, they're like, oh, well, Joe Pavelski's washed. And it's like, all right, guys. All right. And then he, I think in the playoff run, he scored like more goals than he did that <laughs> season. I didn't get enough in the playoffs. Just like, oh, God. I love Joe Pavelski. And if he was a Hawk, I'd get a jersey immediately. I'd, I'd literally take my Nick Schmaltz jersey to the shop. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> if Dominic Kulik stays, I'm like, sorry, bud. This is, this oh is uh, Pavelski's number. <laughs> or, oh, my gosh. I, I agree so much. Like, Pavelski would be exactly what this team needs. And, dude, if you could run in center core, of, like, I, this would, I can't imagine Strong would be on the team if we got a Pavelski. But, like, I know we're talking about a rebuild. But like, if you could have the, like the options and faceoffs of Taves, Doc, or Taves, Pavelski, and Tyler Johnson, because I don't think Johnson's moving because that's a pretty hard contract to move again, and we actually no. haven't even seen him really in the Hawks. Yeah, we gotta actually. I'd like to actually see him play some games. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why Johnson's not playing with Kane. I thought they were gonna throw him with Kane and Strom immediately, but I I like that line he's gonna be on with Debrinkin and Taves. I feel like that's gonna be a like an interesting line. I'd also like to see Johnson with Doc, so I could put Doc in the wing. Yeah. That's what that's, I thought they were going to do. I know, right? That's that, one yeah. thing that's so underrated about Tyler Johnson. He's like 55% in a dot usually. He's amazing. But according uh, oh, to some people, too. face-offs don't matter. Or no, it's math. We need to focus yeah. on the game. <laughs> stop, no, focusing on the, stop focusing on the math. Math is for nerds. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we actually watch the game? No more math, please. <laughs> actually watch the damn game. 
<laughs> I always say this. The funny thing about this is like analytics people watch the game like over and over again for this stuff. So <laughs> no, what was the sports net thing where it was like next gen analytics? Yeah, I'm in analytics face offs. <laughs> oh man! Can you bet on face-offs now? <laughs> That's so stupid! <laughs> oh my god! I, I know you can bet on shots, which is like that makes sense. But like face-offs, come on, man! I'm betting on David Camp for face-offs tonight. Here we go. This is how I make my money. <laughs> or if yeah, or if you're playing the Blackhawks, whoever is facing up against Doc. On the face off draw, oh, just like dude, literally the them. easiest bet you could have made the last three weeks is more than five goals in a Blackhawk game. That could have been the easiest bet to make ever, or more than four, or whatever. Because like every game the Hawks have been in has been an absolute shitter lately. <laughs> I ought to, I ought to get into sport, sports betting. I don't think I've ever, like, I think I've, I've bet like a couple times with friends, but like by myself, I, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I ought to start off with a couple small bets, and once I get more confident. Uh, Maybe I place these big wagers. Hockey's good because you could do those small bets for like three, five bucks. Yeah, it's like I, I've done. I did one one time where the Hawks were down three nothing, it going into the third, and I bet five dollars that they were gonna like come back. And when they tied it, I could have like walked out with like oh, cashed in. Yeah, yeah, I, I could have uh, cashed out at like eighty bucks, but I stuck around. And they lost in overtime, so mm. <laughs> I, put, I doubled down and lost. So. <laughs> that was unfortunate. But it's pretty uh, cool. You know, I respect that. Go down with the ship. Hey, let's, <laughs> it's five like, it's either eighty. It was either eighty or like one twenty-five. So Ooh. who cares? But let's let's promote more gambling on the podcast. Let's go. Oh down. yeah, we love gambling. I too <laughs> love playing the slot machines in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when lost when when they were just going through like team names in Vegas and it's like oh we don't want to put aces we don't want to promote gambling and then at the all-star game in Vegas they're literally doing a game like that's about gambling I don't like like, similar to it Golden Knights is fine but I'm sorry Las Vegas aces would have been the best name ever yeah they could have done it and it sucks (laughs) I think Las Vegas Knights would have been better to me yeah I don't know and the Golden Knights, now they're just abusing him with those ugly jerseys. So Yeah, with the golden helmets. <laughs> oh, God, it's all so bad. And then the Kings were like, oh, we'll one-up you with a silver helmet. So who's going to get the turd helmet now? Is it going to be the Coyotes? Yes. <laughs> fitting. Oh, yes. man. Um, so fitting. Seattle might be interested in Klingberg, John Klingberg. That's – dude, I want Max Chaos. Giordano for Klingberg. Ooh. Dallas is going for it. So, and then you extend Klingberg in Seattle. You got your top defenseman now, or you got that puck moving defenseman that Seattle desperately needs, in my opinion. I hey, he is tall. He fits in with the Seattle Rocky Mountain defense. Hey, listen, man, he's gonna fit in somehow. And like, listen, need some shooters on that Rocky Mountain. So, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. But uh, I, I think a puck mover like Klingberg would do wonders for a team like Seattle. They got so many guys who can go to the front of the net and tip pucks and whatnot. And having a guy like Klingberg on the power play, I think, gives them so many more options than they have right now. And in general, I feel like it's going to be a win-win for both teams if they can get that done. Because, man, Klingberg can get the money he wants in Seattle probably. Seattle's going to have to cap space quickly. Yeah. Um, Seattle's going to get that number one, two puck moving defenseman that they desperately need. Cause they got a bunch of, you know, stalwart defensemen. Like they got the Jamie Alexiak and their Adam Marshes and stuff, but they need a guy like Klingberg. I, 
I see a perfect match. And, like, I think Giordano going the other way makes sense a lot just because Dallas is right in the thick of it in the wild card and they need another defenseman. And, yeah, maybe he's not going to re-sign like Klingberg is. But you're going to get something for him that's going to help you now. And maybe you get a pick with it too because it's Klingberg and he's going to extend probably. So you could probably get like a second in Giordano maybe or something. And that's a win in my book if I'm Dallas. Or maybe like another guy. They could get like another depth yeah, guy if, back. Yeah, get a forward or something. Like um, I don't really know – I don't know what kind of forward Dallas would need in particular. Cause like Seattle's got a little bit of everything. I feel like in terms of, I was going to say Jerry McCann, but then Dallas would have to add a lot more probably. Yeah. I think the Seattle's going to try to keep McCann. They kind of need scoring, but um, I could see like a Marcus Johansson going. Yeah. Maybe like a Cali yarn croak, something like that. Uh, I don't know. Like once again, I don't know who Seattle wants to keep and who they in their core going forward, but they got a lot of guys who they can get a return for. That's for sure. And I'm really – I got to think of – I'm Ron Francis. I'm all over the phones on Dallas right now trying to work out a trade to get Klingberg and because they, they got the pieces to get it back. And I don't think you're going to have to give up a first-round pick to trade Klingberg, which no. you shouldn't if you're Seattle. So I, lo- I love the fit personally. Okay. So I don't know if you, if you have anything else to add. I think we uh, touched on everything that we wanted to. Yeah. Uh just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen the next couple weeks at the deadline at this point. Uh, yep. Need to see which teams are going to fall out, which teams are going to do what. Uh, imagine if Columbus sells high on Line A. Ooh, is, I think he's still an RFA this year, dude. If Line A hit the free market, you give him that money. If you're Chicago, I don't give a shit. Bro, literally, like, how many times do I have to say a power play of Kane to bring it in Line A? No one is stopping that shit. No one is stopping that. If you – like. Kane can have the pot, like, you know how they already hone in on Kane anyway? That's fine. Leave one Alina or Debrinket open on the other side. Kane will get that puck over there. Like, I think that'll be the first time Alex Debrinket will be a consistent bumper player if that happens. Mm. Or the, no, actually, fuck that. You're going to put Debrinket on the left circle and you put Line at the top. Of the line at the point, yeah. Oh, God. Kane would have a field day. Yeah. So, anyways. Care. Like, yeah, Hawks will play defense anyway. Sign him. <laughs> yeah, just double down. Like, go all out, man. Like, go oh, sign Joe Pavelski. If Wine doesn't want to sign Columbus, dude, fucking sign him. I don't care. Like, Pavelski, Pavelski, you're only going to be giving him a few years to him anyways. And Wine is, like, young enough where you can give that kind of money in turn to him. So. He's 24. Like, he's yeah. the same age as Matthews, guys. He's <laughs> very young. Clearly better because he did that move against uh, – New Jersey last night. And he has a five-goal game, and Austin Matthews doesn't have a five-goal game. He only has a four-bomb. Mitch Marner. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mitch Marner has one. That set Yeah, so now, right now the four-goal game is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Mitch Marner's song about a four-goal game? Huh? I can't wait for a Paul song. Marner to complain about this one. <laughs> the Toronto media being biased once again. The most Maple Leafs thing is that Austin Matthews scored four goals in his first NHL game when they lost that game. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, welcome to the team, kid. This is how it's going to be for the rest of your career. And uh, yeah. it's lived up to that bill pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, they. I believe if the playoffs started right now, they'd be facing Florida in the first round. Yeah, so screwed. Like, and like the thing with Matthews is like, I love him, but in the playoffs, he's been super inconsistent. I think there's only been like two playoffs where he's been lighting it up and it was his rookie playoff against Washington. He was unstoppable. And then I, I'd argue 2019 against Boston. He was their best player. So 
But besides that, like he goes, he's Danny Phantom when the playoffs start. Literally, if he scored one goal, like OT games, like they're they're like even game one, if they get an extra goal and they they might even fucking sweep that. That's why I can't stand that team, bro. Like went around, went around, gives a shit. (laughs) That's why I'm like I I don't blame half the fan base for being a bunch of cynics right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like just went around. (laughs) Like honestly, I'm gonna laugh when like. Toronto wins this dramatic ass game seven round one. Everyone's losing their mind, and then they get fucking swept in round two by yeah, Tampa. Like Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. They'll beat Tampa, go to the conference finals, and lose to Freddie Anderson. It's destiny. Oh my god, lose to Carolina in the conference finals. Or round one, <gasps> Freddie Anderson beating the Leafs in round one, game seven. If the Leafs fall to a wild card, the people want it. The people want it so bad. People want it so fucking. I want that so bad as a guy who preached and banged on the table that Freddie Anderson was not washed when every Leaf fan was trying to. Adam Wilde came on the show and told us that Freddie Anderson was washed. That's right. Like he told us he was washed. Everyone told us he was washed. And this dude's if if Shesterkin and Markstrom weren't lighting it the f up, he'd probably be in a Vesna conversation. But it is just such a. I think he is in Vesna conversation. Oh, he is good because he should be. Also, Tristan Jari's been really good this year, too, which is hilarious. Like, Can't wait till he folds like a chair in the playoffs. <laughs> He's this generation's Devin Dubnik. <laughs> uh, such a great regular And that's season. why Marc-Andre Fleury is going back to Pittsburgh to Steel City for a first hey, round hey. pick. We're going to get Samuel Poulin and a first round pick. Hey. Fuck yeah. And then we're going to trade um, Dominic Kulik for Kasperi Kapanen and Evan Rodriguez. <laughs> Evan Rodriguez is like almost point per game. Fuck Evan Rodriguez, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's I, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's such a enigma, man. I hate them. And Crosby and Malkin haven't skipped a beat, because why would no. they? No. So. They, I think they face the Rangers in the first round. If it starts today, they beat them. Ass whooping. Ass whooping, yeah. unless your has got a 950. Like, I'm so serious. Like, Pittsburgh's depth is just unreal right now with the way they can roll that roster. And they'll probably go pick up a third-line center at the deadline, because that's what they always do. So who's going to be Ryan this? Carpenter, baby? Yeah, who's gonna, <laughs> they have him. Shit, Jeff Carter. Never mind. They don't need him. So who's going to no. be their, who's going to be their deadline acquisition? Because you know Pittsburgh's going to get some. They just need to stay healthy, and oh also God. they're going to find someone. Get they're going to get the Ninja Hurdle. weren't they Ninja in on the bank a few years ago? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought they were in on the bank a couple years ago. This is before he signed that extension, and he was still on like the nine twenty five deal. <laughs> yeah, one million dollar. No one talks about that either. That's a bad case of betting on yourself with Kevin LeBanc. I kind of feel like I'm glad he got out of his contract, but that dude probably yeah. was six times six when he did that deal. And he this will never, this this will never happen. But what about like Claude Drew to Pittsburgh? <laughs> I mean, shoot. If I'm Philly and I get the prospects, I do it. If I'm Pittsburgh, I do it in a heart. Cross me, cross me with Giroux and guess <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Brandon Hagel could be a good place for Pittsburgh. Oh, dude, Brandon Hagel makes so much sense there. I like Brandon Hagel makes a lot of sense in like places like Pittsburgh. I would say Tampa makes way too much sense for Brandon Hagel. Yeah, they're going to probably lose Pilat in free agency this year, so they're going to need a guy that can play that top six role. And I feel like Hagel fits the bill with how Tampa plays, like. But obviously, I don't like Tampa's prospect pool, so I yeah. don't, don't really want. I don't really even like Pittsburgh's either. But I know that's the problem with all these teams that have been good. They they got they get late picks, so they usually a lot of the guys they get aren't as high end. 
uh, unfortunately. That's why I like Toronto for 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 Hagel because they have do have good prospects. Give me Matthew Nyes. <laughs> yeah, or like fuck, even Nick Robertson, man. Oh yeah. Give me Matthew Nyes in a first, and then I get to watch yeah. Twitter erupt, and then Brandon Hagel will score a goal in his first game, and they'll love him. It'll be great. They're gonna see. They're gonna see how Hagel plays and be like, "Wow, I like this guy. He plays like Zach Hyman." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, guys, imagine Michael Bunting, but faster. And good. <laughs> yeah. And <not laughs> like, imagine what Eggle could do on a line with Matthews and Marner. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. He, he, he's the same shit Bunting does. Like, yeah, look, at the, look at the offense he's putting up on this Blackhawks team right now. And he's it's playing with bombs half the time. Like, yeah. who's been his most consistent linemate this year? Kane, maybe. I, like, can't, I can't name one off the top. I would think head. it's him or Doc. And, like, even then, if it's Doc, that's not the best linemate to have. Nothing no. against Doc, but it's just he hasn't hit a ceiling yet. That's something. There's a uh, lot for you. The Oilers make too much sense for Hagel, for being honest. Like, well, that's the I, thing with Hagel. You can put him in on each. He fit on each team because he can. It's put a him good anywhere. look. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like, uh, what's the what's the hats? The one size fits all? That's Hagel. <laughs> yeah. If any team could take him, and that's why he's got high trade value. Simple as that. And that's why the Hawks are going to keep it. Because he's going to play with Pavelski and Doc next year. Woo! And then I want and... Forsberg on the Blackhawks more than I want air. But it's never going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Forsberg and Debrinket as the wingers for the next eight years would be pretty sexy. Dude, if Line gets the free agency, Line in I want Line A's God. No. You know how much the Hawks would piss off the analytics community having Line A and Kane on the same team? <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Did you see Line A's uh, uh, J Fresh card? It's yes. like his. It's like defense has that one percent, and then his finishing is like almost at hundred. Like that's the most Patrick Line thing ever. <laughs> and he's like we see all of his grass, and the defense is just like right on the fucking yeah. floor, and everyone's just like selfie candidate. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez, I'd love Line on the Hawks though. He'd be such a breath of fresh air on this team. Like you know how much fun it'd be to watch like him and Cat just fuck around with the puck on the ice, like ugh. Just like two world class releases on one team. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is uh, top six of Debrinket, Tays, Forsberg, and then uh, Hagel, uh, da- Pavelski, and Dak, and then Kane with whoever the fuck else. <laughs> Kane, Kane with the third liners where he belongs. He's in a third liner because he's a bum. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. It's so, rumblings when we signed Forsberg and Pavelski and speed up the rebuild, Chuck Fletcher style. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So after that rant, I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I have to say as well. So, um, trade deadline nineteen days away. Um, we still going live? A... Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Even if there's no trade, or you bet your Bro, sweet ass we are. It's great, too, because that's like the week after all my school finishes for the quarter. So I'm going to be big chill on that Monday. Let's go. Hell yeah, that's what I oh, like that's to hear. Awesome. And it's my brother's birthday that day. Hell yeah. Then you can come <laughs> back off the show. Well, it'll be work. It'll be good for you because the trade deadline is what, like 1 o'clock there? At the yeah. End? So like you'll have to You'll be at school. You know, no, he's, a, he's a youngin. He's a young lad. He's a young lad. He'll be 17 <laughs> years old. He's a young lad. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.